Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, all night Sunday Central. Have you ever costed out suits? Like oh, full on suits? I only have one suit, really, now. I've got two suits that don't fit me. And one that's like a hodgepodge of material that actually doesn't go together. I have one of those too. <laughs> where it's like I think I can make these. Like this is on sale. That's on. I think they kind of match. Yeah, I was at J.C. Penny, and I'm like, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing here. I'm gonna put my own suit together. Three hundred dollars. The hell with that. Is I'll it, I'll make my own. <laughs> is that Michael Strahan making suits? Like <laughs> it's <laughs> the Sackmaster. I'm definitely in on that. It's two different manufacturers, the jacket and the suit. But I'm like, the pattern looks the same to me. And then you get it home, and you're like, this is clearly not the same. Yeah, I do the blazer and just whatever pants are on sale. I'm going to have to buy another probably one or two suits. I'm going to need them. Are you for court? No, not court, but just if I need for formal arrangements. And you know what I need to buy? Which to me is the hallmark of a, an adult male. Can I... I don't want to guess what it is, but no, I'll tell guess. you what, what I think the hallmark is. Okay, tell me. Okay, tell me what you think the hallmark is, and then guess what you think I think the hallmark is. Well, I don't think it's something that you would buy, so I think my guess is going to be wrong. But I feel like people who wear what my guess is have reached like a certain level of like. It's funny you mentioned because my hallmark I would never buy, but I kind of feel like I have to now. Okay, can I can I tell you what mine is? Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be off. I don't think we're on the same way. Wavelength, but I think you'll understand this. Okay. Uh, the no sleeve vest, like uh, ooh, there's a good one. Like northern face, no sleeve vest. Three that's quarter like, zip. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. And it's like there's something about wearing that that makes no logical sense because right. it's like why doesn't it have arms if you're cold? Right. Uh, but I know it's really expensive. It's and a it money just thing. Seem, yeah, it's like a, that's exactly it. It's a money thing. It's a money thing. It's a I want to be leisurely warm. It's all I'll tell you who had those growing up in into our early to late twenties because I had a coworker who used to wear those all the time, and I'm like, they look. I could never wear them, and it makes me shriek to look at it. But I do get that they look cool and they're fashionable and they're whatever. Do they though? <clears throat> Not to me. Do they? But I get like, that. Who do they look cool to? I'll tell you who I'll tell you who in my imagination is always the guy who wears that. It's the one who grew up with a decent amount of money, middle class to upper middle class family, who graduated from college and took six months to a year to backpack around Europe. They took a gap year and found themselves something that we poor schlubs didn't know was a thing. The the kind the kind of person that's like I don't understand why people don't take time to find themselves. Yes. I don't understand why people don't travel. And it's like maybe because it takes money. Maybe that's why. Do you remember do do you know anybody that's like, Yeah, I took a I took a gap year between college and starting my job to go backpack around India because I didn't think I'd have another chance in my life to do that. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you didn't. You just don't. <laughs> I may you didn't have it then. Yeah, I may <laughs> never get that chance. Yeah. That's, that's, I grew up assuming I would not have that chance. Yeah. I knew I didn't have that chance. Yeah. I knew 100. Like Those are the guys that wear a North Face three-quarter zip vest to me when it's, you know, back home. Not back home even, but is where it's lightly, lightly snowing 48 degrees and they've got a hot coffee and that thing with a with a either a dress shirt 
or a long sleeve shirt underneath of it. Can I make can I uh can I make a confession? Please. I have one. I knew you would. <laughs> I do have one, but it was gifted to me by uh by a company that I worked for. Oh. And it's a, it's a northern face. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's I will ne- I will never throw it away because I know how expensive it is, mm-hmm. but at the same time I will never wear it either. Uh maybe if I'm like throwing stuff in the backyard doing some I don't know. I I can't See an instance or a situation where I'm like, I really wish my core, which is where all my body fat is, mm-hmm. like if there's a warm part of me, it's gonna it would be, be weird. it's gonna be my core. <laughs> it would be uh, weird if you had body fat like deposits in my arms in other places. Like yeah, my core. Lo- I have a shredded six pack. My shoulders are fat as shit. <laughs> but it it is. It's like I, it's a good one. I'll never throw it away. I don't understand why I won't throw it away, and I don't understand why I keep it. Yeah, uh, it's just, but I have one, but it has a company logo on it. So, and I didn't pay for it, so it makes me feel a little bit better. I'll give this to you. I agree with you that that's the. I would say that that three quarter zip North Face vest is the hallmark of a adult young man. To me, that's like a 24-year-old who had good parents and he's all together and he's going to be married when he's 27. Hangs out at breweries all the time. Hangs out at breweries, not to get drunk, but just to taste. Gets drunk anyway, doesn't get thrown out because his uncle's one of the part owners. (laughs) That's that to me. That's that guy. Or gal. Now that we've... Gals wear them too. Gals wear them too. uh, And not my kind of gals, but gals wear them. Really? Not your kind of gal? It's like one of those, like eh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Like, I l- see let me girl, put it this way: every girl I'm not com- the kind of guy for that kind of gal. Yeah. If that makes sense. Every girl walking out of Starbucks two weeks from now is wearing that. Yes, with, with leggings and well, UGG boots. Yes, anybody who collects Starbucks cups, mm-hmm. like that's that's. Yeah, the, she that's walks in with her own cup. Yeah, that's that's gonna be. <laughs> I brought my own. Thank you. <laughs> Ten cents off, please. Do you want to know what my hallmark for the old adult male is? It's close. Is it? Is it a vest? Is no. it? But no. Okay. Can, I'm going. Can I just say it? Is it cufflinks? No. Cufflinks is a good one. Sport coat. Okay. A okay. suit jacket that was never meant for a particular pair of pants. Every time I see one, even to this day. Because I'm a 34-year-old man-child. When I see a guy put one on, I think, how did you even get to that? Like, how did you, how do you know that a dark, that a, how do you even find a sport coat? The only way I know how to buy a suit is is together. Together. They're like tits to me. They come in a set. <laughs> the suit and pants. I would never buy a jacket and be like, I can wear that with my jeans to a nice restaurant. I just don't go to that restaurant. That you need one of those. For. I don't know how to wear. I'm wearing. I'm wearing khaki colored pants, and I'm like, ah, I need a jacket. If I can't find a khaki colored jacket, I don't know how to throw a dark blue thing with the little gold elbow nipples on it. Well, I think it has to be. You have to wear it with jeans, right? It I has s- to be like people the wear them with khakis. Do they really like khaki colored khaki pants? And are they old repurposed suits? Is that a thing? I don't like, know. If I have an old suit and I'm just like, you know, I'm just gonna use this as just casually. I and no, I think sport so, coats are their own thing. I think there's, I think there are singular sport coat jackets that you buy, and they're just plug and pop. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm taking the wife out to dinner and for a glass of wine. Let me throw on my sport coat. See, 
since I've lived here a majority of my life, uh, I own three sweaters and that's probably too much. It's just like, I have to, I, I'm wearing a sweater right now. And before I came over here, I You're was You're not like, wearing a sweater. Well, I mean, it's You're like wearing a, a track jacket. It's a track. It's, you know, a sweater to me, is it's different. A sweater. Sweaters don't have zippers to me and sweaters don't have hoodies to me. A it's hooded sweatshirt. A hooded. But I, when I think of sweater, I think of an emasculated man making hot cocoa for. Oh, see, I don't think I, I, call I, the, I think I, of a sweater. I consider like what I'm wearing right now is a, is a sweater, which is a, a, a fleece with a zipper. I'd like the audience to know he's not wearing a sweater. It's a track jacket. Okay, track jacket. <laughs> I think of a wool sweater. But living here a majority of my life where we're lucky if it gets to 50 degrees at any point during the year, I've never been in a situation where I feel like I need to have coats. Like I, I have a coat, a coat that I bought six years ago that I've worn twice and one of the times was because i went to seattle not here in town right. so it's just i don't know like i don't know if people buy those things like because yeah. i don't see them don't here very often but i could see like back east or seattle or like cold weather cities okay maybe here's another one men's pea coat i will never in my life have one like i don't know how to buy or wear something like that hmm like you said, I know how to buy. I know how to wear a functional snow jacket, like a ski jacket, because it's snowing and it's it's negative two degrees out. I don't know how to. It's thirty eight. Like when it's thirty eight degrees, I wear a hoodie, and if it's thirty one degrees, I wear a hoodie with a beanie. <laughs> I dress like Eminem at all times. <laughs> you have to go to a factory. You I am. Yeah. I dress like Eminem no matter where if I If you're am. not in a suit, you're a factory worker. I'm, a, fa right? I'm like, a factory that's, worker. That's what it is. I don't know how to do that. These these guys that do that thing where they wear a pea coat and then they have like O.J. Simpson gloves that they put on as that well. It has to be a back east thing because I don't see that here too often. Yeah. Like here, it's like you're. I'm lucky if I get to wear this track Yeah, jacket. but we don't hang out with any real men. That's true. So well, I shouldn't That's say true. I shouldn't say real men. I should say like quote grown men because we hang out with real like we hang out with real Carhartt jacket men, but I don't hang out with anybody who like fancies them. Like I would never hang out with a dude who's who puts on a scarf. You you're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think if I know you're, anybody. If you're gonna be my fr if you're a man and you want to be friends with me, your neck ain't warm ever. <laughs> this is cold neck this is a cold neck this group. is cold neck country cold neck yeah cold neck posse right here cnp hashtag cold neck posse oh gee so you're gonna have to buy us uh all all new wardrobe because i'm the, not gonna need to well, well, no I'm, roll. I'm not gonna need to wear suits much i'm gonna be able like it's gonna be dress pants and button-up shirt but there are gonna be some times when i need a jacket that i won't know i need a jacket so i figure the best way to do that is to buy a sport coat that goes with a number of different things, but I don't know how to do that. Well, you go to J.C. Penney. You go to the old J.C. To me, J.C. Penney. There's always a 400-year-old woman at J.C. Penney. At Macy's. Macy's always has the oldest woman on earth working in the men's section. It's, it's two things. It's either the oldest woman on the on earth or the some of the hottest women on earth. Really? I've never seen a woman. At Macy's? Have you not Have you not passed through the, the scented section? I was just going to say fragrances fragrances I'll see a woman in her late 20s that that looks like a version of like the 
of like what was painted as a beautiful beautiful woman in like the 1600s just an odd an odd athletic pear-shaped woman of our age is in the like she looks she <laughs> she's macy's hot <laughs> see i feel if you were the, unloading trucks all day you'd be like look at carol i i feel that section of macy's gives whoever works there male female hired gun or like it gives them two extra points of hotness yep hired gun only because i feel like it's like a like a weird twilight zone where it's kind of hard to tell like if you if they step outside of macy's you're like oh you're a six mm. but they go right at back to the fragrance section and you're like wait you're an eight in these lights Dude, like you, i don't know what this is you are and it's everybody it's the guy it's like where yeah. are you guys outside of me i don't see you guys anywhere you are an old soul <laughs> <laughs> macy's makes a woman more hot to you. i don't know the way she puts on that estee lauder just gets me going the way they spray me with stuff as I just walk through the aisles. That is the oldest. Macy's to me is like the oldest store. And it's to me, it's like fancy highfalutin. That's how I grew up. Like I said, I was I, I grew up working at Sears. Macy's is the people who thought they were too good for everything. So I've been to Macy's maybe 300 times in my life. Did you say 300? 300. But okay. here, here's the reason why. I don't know why you're bragging it's about It's because it. it's easier to park... <laughs> And go to Foot Locker if you go through the Macy's. Now you're talking specifically about the Valley Plaza Mall. Yes. And that's just to avoid zombies. Yeah, exactly. So now now in terms of having to buy things at Mm -hmm. Macy's, I've maybe bought one thing there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do pass through there a lot. And to make it to the Foot Locker, you got to go through the little fragrance section at Macy's. Mm. And let me tell you. There's some lookers in there, buddy. Do you some, did you ever buy fresh kicks to walk back through the fragrance department and be like, eh, spritz this. <laughs> up-tempo, baby. You, I got some new Nike up-tempos. You never worked retail, did you? I did not. I worked at, a, like, my the closest thing is I worked at a movie theater. Uh, that well, we was could, my, I guess. Well, then we could talk about this. So um, today, let's get it out of the way, is Big Wednesday. Big Wednesday. By the way, I asked one of my coworkers, like, hey, do you know what, what Big Wednesday is? And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because they're busy because saving lives. Thing. Who is your coworker? It'll, it'll be a thing for this pod. What does your coworker do? They work in, like, oh. telehealth. What does that mean? Like, if you need an appointment. They make it. They make sure that you, they oh. can connect you to your doctor. Okay. What ball is it, is it on? Like they just find they just do fact finding. <laughs> How big is the bunion? <laughs> we can wait. I don't trust that. I don't trust it. Nobody tele- knows what big. How we- old is tele- for this pod? Every year we'll have a big Wednesday pod, and everybody will be like, "Hey, do you know big Wednesday?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, that's the they do a pod about big Wednesday." I don't know what it is. How old is the telehealth person? Thirty something. See out here. Out here, you just have no respect for real holidays. I guess. I I will, but I'll t- I, f- I I don't believe that. I got a few happy Big Wednesday texts from people out here, though. From here? Yeah, the yeah. movement. But they were they're like you know it's like when, like oh, they gotta, do it for me. We got a text flail because they it's do like, it for me, like not his for them. Thing, not, but know. anyway, the day's Big Wednesday, biggest bar night of the year on non-COVID times uh, during non-pandemic mm-hmm. years, which has been every year. In my life, except this one. Which means tomorrow is Thanksgiving. I I forget that. 
I've forgotten that tomorrow's Thanksgiving. It just because it just doesn't have that feel this year. Normally, I'm excited for Thanksgiving, yeah. and we talked about this on an earlier pod. But there's a lot of shows going on. Yep. I'm normally booked to headline all over the place this time. <laughs> I'm on so many flyers. <laughs> you know, so for me, it's like, uh, you know, headlining tastes like turkey. Thanksgiving this year, I'm spending at the girlfriend's parents' house where I will be having a mixture of Pilgrim and Mexican Thanksgiving holidays. So her, her, Tamales. her stepfather will be frying a turkey and she'll be making all the fixings with that, which is awesome. And she'll be making Mexican um, Mexican corn and baked macaroni and cheese and bosole. So I'm just going to be all over the place. It's uh, it's fusion. It's Thanksgiving fusion. Thanksgiving, is what it is. Thanksgiving turkey fusion. Yeah, there you go. It's a little bit of Mexican and a little bit of uh, you know, American. And it's a little bit of the pilgrims and a little <laughs> bit of the people they stole it from. <laughs> I'm going to give her smallpox and then go home. <laughs> <laughs> so her mom's cooking pozole, her stepdad's making a turkey, I'm bringing over a blanket riddled with smallpox. It's <laughs> a whole contribution. It takes a village. By the way, you were mentioning your first date with your wife before we started recording. What did you do with her for your first date? Movie and... Okay, hang on. What movie and what where? Geez, you know what's funny is I don't remember the movie. Was it I the, want to was say it, it's if Jarhead. it was in Bakersfield, it better have been the Maya Theater. If you took her to Edwards Cinema, no, Maya wasn't even around back then. Maya's yeah. a newer theater. That's that looks like it's seventy years old. Ever have you ever been to a theater that doesn't look like it's seventy years old? I guess like the fair. new the, the, fair, the, the no, kind of new ones, right? Like, no, like f- studio or whatever yeah, grills right. and. They all have. They all look the same. Yeah, they all. Except for studio. Yeah, studio movie grill still looks like it's old. It just looks like an old laser tag place instead of an old movie theater. It looks like a DYZ. That's Discovery a new zone. movie theater. Looks like an old laser tag. <laughs> <laughs> that should be their tag. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, you took her to a movie in Bakersfield. Yeah, everything was in town. We what went theater? To go see, I want to say the movie Jarhead. It was actually Jesus. the theater that I used to work at when I was younger. Oh, tight So, you know, and at this, and I was, I still knew That's people. what I always do, you know, bring I my girls back to Sears. <laughs> Pick anything you want, Kate Spade, honey. <laughs> what is, do you like Oshkosh Pagosh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some bugle boy. Um, we went to a movie theater, and then I we was... just went to dinner. We went to go, uh, we went to Mimi's Cafe. Love it. So here's the thing is oh i categorize this as our first date however at the end of the date i asked her out like officially like hey should we be a thing and she was like yeah no i don't think so really yeah awesome it took a while it By took the way, a wh- i had a, i had to really grind her down over the years so our first date pumped two kids in happened. her and then she's like all right let's go steady <laughs> <laughs> our first date happened years before we actually became official Okay. So I don't know if it, I, I can't tell if that's a failed first date or a successful because now she has two of my children yep. and is stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, so maybe win for me, fail for her. I feel like you should have sealed the deal with a, with a movie and some Mimi's Cafe. Let me ask you this. Did you get dessert at Mimi's? If not, that's where you went wrong because they got the best pies. I think we did. 
going. If I re- if I recall, I think we. Do you did. remember? I'm how... always a dessert guy. If I go to dinner, oh, I'm getting dessert. Let me tell you this. If I'm paying for dinner, we're getting dessert. I was. Bay. I was doing a mentor program a year or two ago, and one of the kids like it. It were, there were three of us mentors, and then there were like 20 mentees that they were preparing for college. One of the mentees is family either owned or managed a Mimi's Cafe. And at the end of the year, brought in a whole lineup of pies. And oh, oh man. Boy. Oh, man. No work got done that afternoon. Did you take I, pies home? I, I don't think I took slices home. I just ate so much pie there that I passed out at my cubicle for the rest of the day. <laughs> pie is one of those things where it's like, I feel like anything more than two slices of pie is too much. There is a very thin sliver between perfect contentment and hating myself. And I ain't I ain't ever shying away from going past that line. Pie's great for long conversations. Why did like, you take her to Jarhead? I don't know. I think yeah. Maybe that's why she said no, is because you got you let her watch Jake Gyllenhaal do shirtless push ups for, for two Jake hours. Jake Gyllenhaal and Jamie Foxx for two <laughs> so, hours. Hey, you want <laughs> Hey you know, my my core is really warm. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> Jamie yeah, Jamie Foxx and Jake Gyllenhaal just pumping muscles for two hours. What do you think? She's like, I think I'll hold off a minute. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, it's uh so I guess successful date. I don't know. I don't know if it's I good. categorize that at the time. I would call that a successful first date. My first date with Lexi, I I first of all met her at my six hundred square foot apartment and then took her to Dewar's to get ice cream. Nice. That's yeah. a that's a good ice cream's good. That's a good first date. Let me tell like, you, it's 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 quick <clears throat> if it needs to be quick. So if you got to cut loose, it's like all right, uh, you know, it's like a twenty minute to thirty minute time commitment. Right. Where if you're gonna go watch Jarhead, that's like three hours of sitting next to somebody. In Let silence. me tell you, Bakersfield's a great date night town because you've got a great, you've got plenty of great cutesy first date spots. Ice cream alone, you've got three or four different ice cream shops. Then you've got Froyo shops, so you could do a cutesy, no pressure first date. Um, but it's this town's not too classy where there's high end restaurants where you have expectations. The most high end one that you would go to on a first date is Chef's Noodle Bar, and you know when that's over, you're getting it in. <laughs> if you go to Noodle Bar, both <laughs> parties are. I didn't know that. If you go to Noodle Bar on a first date, both parties are ready to throw down. Will there be any dessert? Not at this place. We got a commitment to get to. Can I tell you that I don't think Chef Noodle Bar is like super high end? I don't either. That's what's the great part. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's the best part. It's, it's not. Like, it's thirty dollars. Like yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think we spent thirty dollars when we go there. I can't say it's, it's just pasta. But there's just something about oh, it's it's going down, baby. Mm-hmm. Some Thai food, mm-hmm. right? We're gonna be tied together later. Pad if you know thai. what I mean. Pad Thai gets you mad thigh. Am I right, homeboy? Oh then, once you're in a commuted relationship, you go to the mark for your anniversary, and it sucks, and then you never go again. Have you ever been to a restaurant that has actually impressed you? I don't like, not, not like, hey, I found this really cool joint, and I actually really like the place. Like I thought it was gonna be shitty. I'm talking like, oh, that place is fancy. I'm gonna go there. And have you ever left one of those places no. satisfied for no. one? To feeling like you got your money's worth. No, nope. a restaurant has never exceeded my expectations. Especially if it's a fancy restaurant. That's right. Yeah, me either. It's like, nah, you have $30 for, I don't know. I don't, what's $30 at these? Well, there are certain. For yeah. bread? <laughs> <laughs> for water? <laughs> this is sourdough. 
I, I got a whole bunch of it at my house. I said flat, not bottled. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is thirty dollars for flat. We live in a desert, asshole. <clears throat> Thanksgiving is tomorrow, and then afterwards is Black Friday, which still shakes me to my core because I was a retail man from ages seventeen to twenty-three. Okay, so let me tell you. 24. Please tell me. Since retail, the worst day is definitely the day after Thanksgiving, right? I've never worked Black retail. Friday. Movie theater, you worst nev- day is Thanksgiving. Uh, at the movie theater? 100%. I, I would have never thought it was open. People eat early, and then they want goes, something to do. Who and goes to the some, movie theater on Thanksgiving? Native Americans? I, I will is I will guarantee... <laughs> Is that like, 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 Jew, We're not the, like playing the, last to the moment? <laughs> well, the moniker is always that, like, the, the moniker was always that Jewish people go to Chinese restaurants on Christmas. That might be an East Coast reference. That Jewish people always go to Chinese restaurants on Christmas because the, it, you know, it's a different holiday, of course. So I'm thinking, who in America doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving? No, literally everybody goes on Thanksgiving. Like, Seriously? I will guarantee. I Thanksgiving is probably a top two day for movie theaters. Really? Yes. Outside of, and you Let know what the second day is? Christmas. Why do you say Christmas like that, number Christmas. one? Christmas. Yeah, I don't understand. Like a cartoon, <laughs> Tiny Tim. <laughs> Christmas. That's how I can tell Christmas means too much to you, is you still say Christmas. Christmas. There's too much wonderment. Yeah, there is. Let me ask you this. Considering that Thanksgiving is one of the biggest days, would it be fair to say that one of the biggest days of the movie theater year is the night before Thanksgiving? No, it's actually pretty slow. Oh, get on with <laughs> it. That's slow. nonsense. You're full of it's it. Slow. <laughs> You're full of shit. Damn it, I didn't bring my phone in here to prove you wrong. How could I? Man. <laughs> Damn it. So what is your... Uh, do, you, no. do you have... So my worst... I, I can't think of let me uh, let me tell you what the worst day I worked at so the worst day I ever worked in a movie theater was I want to say the day I might even have even been in college at the time but the day that Pirates of the Caribbean came out <laughs> <laughs> definitely a bottom five day for me. I wonder if Johnny Depp says the same thing. <laughs> One of the worst days of my life was the day that <laughs> was the day that Pirates of the Caribbean came out. That was definitely the busiest day I ever oh. had in my, in, in my, my Orlando, movie theater career. Orlando Bloom's like, I hear you, brother. <laughs> Keir Knightley's like, ah, what are you talking about? This yeah, is awesome. This is fantastic. This is fine. Mm, that's, uh, what a great opening to a story. <laughs> I just recorded a podcast with a buddy who used to play professional baseball and all that stuff, and and he started off a story. I I love, I love lines that just you're just, it's already a good story before you even tell you're me you're in. It's a good lead. I was on a road trip in Schenectady, New York, is what he had said. <laughs> he was talking about baseball days. I was in a road trip in Schenectady. In this, I was in a road trip in a suburb town of Schenectady, New York. I've never even heard of that place. I've heard the I've heard the name Schenectady before, but I wasn't certain it was an actual town. Schenectady sounds like an like a cool '80s toy. Yeah, it's a nonsense reference town. People use it comedically all the time to say Schenectady because it's just a funny, odd it's a reference cool word to, make. to say 
for him to I, immediately I knew whatever you're about to say is a great story. So for you to start off a sentence with saying one of the worst days of my life was the day Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> opened. <laughs> It was 2003. I don't know what I'm about to hear, but it needs to come to stage when stand-up returns because, boy. Let me tell you, I don't, I think it was, this is what I remember, and somebody can fact check me. Okay. But Pirates of the Caribbean came out the week before Terminator 3, or like a new Terminator movie. Okay. And in order to get ready and prepare for this new Terminator movie, the week before, nobody got ours. Because they oh, were like, okay, we got to be ready for, for the Terminator movie, so let's have skeleton crew for the week before. Yeah. Uh, the only thing coming out is this pirate movie. Right. And so it was just me, and we had like two or three call-ins. And I had to work door, which working door at a movie theater is you're literally the guy that's at the door cutting the ticket. <laughs> like, theater right on your left, theater right on your... Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody on the cleaning staff called in mm. so i was working door cutting tickets and when a movie let out my boss would come over and be like hey i'm gonna relieve you so you could clean that whole theater by yourself oh, no. by my i was cleaning like all of the first like <laughs> super packed pirate of the caribbean movies was oh. just me and it got so popular that at the time, uh, I think now everything's digital. So if you, when you go to the movie theater, it's not, they don't have an actual reel. It's like a digital copy of the movie. Mm-hmm. At the time, they had reel still. So the whole top level of the movie theater, like if you if you ever got to, to go up there, it's just a whole floor with nothing but these projectors. Mm-hmm. And what we had to do was connect the reel from one of the theaters to like three other screens. So you couldn't even walk in because it was like, uh, have you ever seen that? Those uh, scenes from like, how would it like spy movies where they have to go through the lasers? Like you could in there like bending over. Catherine Zeta Jones. I'm I'm aware. So that's what that level, that floor looked like because we had to run. And and you were Catherine Zeta. (laughs) (laughs) My ass is nicer. God, God, I'd love to see your butt. (laughs) But but they used one copy of Pirates of the Caribbean to run to three or four theaters. Mm-hmm. So when you go up there, it's just all this reel going from projector to projector to projector. So every single theater is like four seconds behind the other showing of it because they only had one copy of it. So they all got out at the same time. Mm-hmm. So when Pirates of the Caribbean got done... I had to clean four Pirate of the Caribbean theaters all by myself, and it was brutal. And how much time did you have until the next Pirates of the Caribbean would be shown in that room? Oh, there was a line outside, so they so they're all waiting for so you. So they're all waiting for me. So you walk, you like, <laughs> so you. I picture you drenched in sweat, walking out of and butter <laughs> and, and butter. butter. And God knows what else, because this is the first time women saw Johnny Depp in eyeliner. You probably had to peel broads off the seats in that joint. <laughs> so you <laughs> you walk out of theater number one, just like wiping sweat off your brow, like, God, that was a lot. And then across at theater three, everybody's in line going, come on, where where's the cleaning crew? And then I roll up 300 pounds, they're like, this fat guy, like, this fat guy's going to clean the whole theater? Is Do this know, guy? Was he on MTV's made? <laughs> 
Is that. it this? This is the whole crew. This one fat guy, and it's like, oh my! So that was definitely mm. the worst. Th- like during my theater career, that was definitely the worst of it. That absolutely sucks. And that's why I hate Johnny Depp to this day. You hear me, Johnny Depp? I know you're probably long before me. Amber Heard had her problems with him. I had my problems. He, he had abused you. I was the first. Yeah. Nobody. There's no. I I didn't have a blog. Nobody cared about me. I had Black Fridays from 2007 through or 2003 through 2011. Is that right? 2003. That seems recent. 2011 no, seems 2004. recent. 2004. years ago. It was 2004 through 2011. <clears throat> I worked Black Fridays because I was a retail man. Had some good ones. Had some bad ones. Had some ugly ones. Um, the worst one for me, well, there was a couple of them. One was bad because of embarrassment. I skipped a Black Friday once. Like you called out? Yeah. I, and by the way, you mentioned it before how retail and service staff will do strategic call outs. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's rodent's revenge for having a bad job is that you get to just dick over an entire business because they like if the business treats you poorly. It's really short-sighted because most retail and service businesses treat their people poorly. Like even if not on a day-to-day, just on paper, they treat them poorly, but they need you to keep their operation going. It's like me, my company treats me great despite the fact that <clears throat> they don't need me <laughs> <laughs> to keep their day going. A movie theater or a retail joint is opposite they need a front face to ring out the people and to take the tickets and or it's not going to work but they treat them like garbage and you get no time off you get no real days off you get no holidays off you're lucky if you get two days in a row so the way that we would exact revenge on that is to go well my company's not reasonable enough to know that i need a saturday off every three years and i would like to enjoy a holiday with my family so all i do is I just manufacture a cough at 3.30 a.m. on Black Friday, and now I don't work because legally they can't even say anything about it. Yep, it's a sick day. It's a sick day. And so I called out once because I was so sick of Black Fridays. I just didn't want to work them. But they look at you like, like a soldier who went AWOL, like you quit on the brigade. So I called and said, I'm going to be on campus. I have no car. I can't get to work this year. Oh, so you didn't even call out sick. You're just like, I can't make I it. I can't do it. And my and manager did they Patty's, say, I'll go pick you up? No, this I was an hour away. Okay. My manager, Patty, was like, okay, whatever. She was really good to me, but she was like, she was pretty sick of me at this point, rightfully so. I was dating a girl who worked in jewelry, not bragging. Um, and so I, w- I was, of course, going home. And I had a car. I just didn't want to work Black Fridays anymore. And not thinking, I drive her to work because she's got to work Black Friday. And they see you dropping her off. I drop, being a gentleman, I drop her off at the front door. But I'm like, it's super early and it's dark. I'll, I'll beat the rush. Um, She gets out of the car and who walks right across my front bumper? My manager, Patty Garland. <laughs> 
And she just gave it like a little, she just gave it like a little, she didn't even look at me. She just gave the bump, she just gave the hood a little tap, gave like a wave and just walked into the store because she was, she was cool like that. But it's just the shame I felt, the shame I felt. Like you let Patty down. I let Patty down. The shame I felt was worse than any of the actual Black Fridays I worked right in that moment. She was so good to me, by the way. She hired me when I was 17 years old, and I inter- I was an idiot. Me and me and my buddy, he applied at Lawn and Garden, I applied at Electronics, and I I just I had no experience, of course. And I go, it, she takes me into her office, and she says, "Okay, do you know anything about electronics?" And being, I didn't even like, I didn't do any research, I, nothing. <laughs> you I, just I, showed I, up. I just I just went, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think I might have said, "Sorry, I don't." know anything about electronics <laughs> i have i have a tv at home and she kind of looks up and she sighed and she went well would you be willing to learn and i said yeah like how cool of a lady to do that like she, she that sigh being an adult now that sigh meant this is going to cost me Two years of my life t- <laughs> <laughs> that I don't have that I don't have to teach this kid some semblance of something which will be just long enough for him to be done with the place and leave and leave. But she still was willing to say just I'll never forget how she said to me, would you be willing to try or yeah. And I screwed up all the time. I used, I went through a phase for like three months where I used to walk around the department with a mallet just because I wanted to. I just walked around the department with a mallet and teenagers would be looking at cameras and I'd, I'd hold the mallet out and say, can I help you? And they'd scurry away. <laughs> so you didn't learn anything about electronics? Nothing. Nothing, <laughs> Nothing at all. You know what was always a weird, uh, a weird feeling for me was in college, I used to work in catering. So I used to work for the college catering company. And so we used to go to all these events and cater them. Mm-hmm. So everybody winning awards, all the the athlete events. We used to cater inside of the, the sky boxes at the, at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to be around a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> Let me but ask. We didn't can get I to ask like you something real quick? Of it. Yeah. Did you actually do this or is this Fight Club? No, it was a real thing. I feel like this is Fight Club. No, it was a real, real thing. You worked in a movie theater changing out the reels. <laughs> you were a caterer for high-end events. <clears throat> Do you make your own soap, Joe? I uh, I actually have made my own soap. No, I haven't. This is of course clear- I haven't. It's I, not Fight Club. This is clearly the plot of Fight this Club. This is two different portions of my life. Who was your coworker, Ed Norton? You know what? It was a lot of older people in the the catering college. Ed Norton was young in Fight Club. Are you sure you're not thinking of Ed O'Neill, the guy from Family or, or uh, Love and Marriage? From, are, are you talking about the guy Al from... Al Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> the Sorry. guy from Little Giants? Sorry, as as you were saying, your Tyler Durden background oh, yeah, story. So you worked I, as a caterer. I worked as a caterer, so I used to go to events all the time and just hand people food, hand people plates, and then pick them up, right? It's kind of... I get, yep, catering. Right, Got catering. It. Got it. Uh, and then one time... I, I don't know what was going on. I know for a fact I wasn't getting an award because I've never gotten any awards. Why would they give a caterer an award? <laughs> <laughs> this but, guy brings crumpets out better than anyone else I've ever seen. 
but I was at an event that was being <laughs> catered. You'd have to you'd have to hand out hors d'oeuvres at your own awards. <laughs> That's exactly what ended up happening. <laughs> I ended up working my own event. Wait, oh, you actually had an event? Like, no, yeah. So I was at an event. I was invited to an event, and they were like, "Yeah, don't worry, there's going to be food." And I don't even remember what the event was, but I remember my coworkers were all coming in because it was a catered event, mm-hmm. and I felt, and still to this day, I always say, if I'm if I if I ever go anywhere fancy, if I ever go to any events, I feel like I have more in common with the people who are serving food at the event than that's I do the sure. people at the event, yeah, right? No doubt. And that's almost where this comes from because I was at this event, but I was always on the other end of it. I was always the person handing out food. Mm-hmm. And I ended up like picking up plates during the event. I ended up like staying afterwards to help the catering crew because I felt like I should be here with you guys. Like mm-hmm. this is... This isn't like this isn't me, right? Um, I don't know how we got to that, but that was definitely <laughs> that was definitely a weird thing. It wasn't necessarily uh, after Thanksgiving busy or anything like that, but uh, definitely a you're situation. a man of the people. I, I am. I, I. I. What can I say, man? I'm. You know, I'm gonna go into politics. See, that's something that you can do when you're a caterer, not when you either work retail or work at a movie theater. You That's can't true. just go like, I'm going to help you guys out and s- <laughs> sling some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> just ring people up. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's open. You're you just, next. You just walk into the real room. Guys like, what are you doing? I'm here to help change <laughs> over. I know you got a lot going on. Is there anything more exciting than when somebody, when they <laughs> open up another line and the person who's opening the, the line makes eye contact oh, with you yeah. and they're like, hey. You. Come over here, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my! You just saved yeah. me like 45 minutes, and you don't even know." You but just get this feeling like I am a hot piece of ass. Yeah, ain't I? here I come. Yeah, you're gonna ring me out, baby. Because I because I've worked in retail so much, and I've done so many different. I've done a rotation in every facet of retail that you can imagine. I've done, um, of course, sales. I've done operations. I've done logistics. I've done trucks. I've done loss prevention, especially loss prevention. Uh, but because of that, <clears throat> my brain just tunes into what's going on. And so I, when I walk into a retail store, I get followed a lot do by, you really? by their loss prevention. Can you identify them? Because I'm brown. Or do they normally have shirts that say loss prevention? I can identify them. Okay. Daywalkers day can smell each other. <laughs> but my I have a bad habit. Not even a bad habit. I just have a habit of noticing things about the store so the layout and like what's where and who's like who does what and then i'll also look to see where they have their cameras at and when you're in loss prevention one of the first things that they look for in someone who's about to steal is someone identifying all the cameras in the place oh really yeah that's a thing yeah like where are the like they start looking up and you're like you would not believe people who steal have no idea how suspicious they look Here's what I will tell you. If you have a plan and walk into a... I shouldn't say this, but here we go. (laughs) Are you going to teach our listeners how to steal? If you have a plan and you walk into a store with a purpose and you know what you're looking for and you walk to it and you grab it and you walk out, I would say, I have no data behind this, I would say you've got a 98 to 99% chance of not even being noticed, let alone apprehended. By the time someone even noticed you, you'd be out the door. People act so suspicious when they're about to do something wrong. It normally would take us as loss prevention people 30 to 40 minutes to even find them. 
in this, like to find them with cameras because you're looking at a bunch of different ones. And then they're in for another 20 to 25 minutes. We had somebody. Who's in the store for 50 minutes? Thieves. Really? Yeah, thieves because they're dumb. And so they're easily caught. We had somebody, when I worked at a store, I, I worked at, uh, I, I did a rotation in loss prevention for one of our flagship stores, which means in just a big city. And um, we had somebody, we had a crew come in, two people, and steal five to $6,000 worth of perfume and cologne. What, what do you do with them? What do you do with them? <clears throat> Listen to this. They stole five to $6,000 worth of cologne, took it out to their car, and then we caught them because they came back to get the rest. So they, they took five grand worth of perfume, loaded it into their car, came back in the store to get more. That's when we saw them. They ran out to their car. My loss prevention manager grabbed their keys to throw them, and the lady bit his arm, bit a big, like, tooth chunks in his arm, put the windows up, started hyperventilating, and then there were four of us. We each leaned against one of her doors until the police came. Then, just as the police were about to come, Luckily, they came right at the right time because we didn't even notice. There was a guy who came, like, who ran into the woods with a hammer who was walking towards us to, to try to hit us so that she could break free. I don't know where he came from. I he was just he, hanging out in the woods. He came from the woods, went back into the I'm guessing someone called him. Came from the woods, went back into the woods. But that's, that's how you normally get caught stealing in retail is because you were in there for 75 minutes stealing a pair of jeans or they steal so much stuff they get greedy and come back into the store sometimes during the same trip. What do you do with $5,000 worth of perfume and cologne? You hawk it for one. You hawk it for 1500 bucks. And isn't every store I've been to perfume and cologne is typically behind like a register. Is that not the case for the store you worked at? It's just kind of out of a certain, of a certain value, but you can get 50, $60 bottles of perfume. $50, $60 bottles are high-end bottles, aren't they? It was Sears. Right? Like, I I don't know. That sounds fancy to me. I think I have a $30 bottle of cologne, maybe. But I'm poor. I don't even have cologne. That's how poor I am. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. You just walk around smelling like you. Either because I'm vaguely brown or because of that, I get followed in retail stores a lot. I just got followed in Barnes & Noble last week by by two, two different loss prevention people. Really? Yeah. Plain clothes employees, plain clothes officers. Well, I mean, everybody at Barnes and Noble is plain clothed, anyways, right? Yeah. They don't have like a. Do they wear an outfit? Do they have like a like a suit? They kind of do, don't they? Their personality is the suit. Yeah, I guess you know you're a Barnes right. and Noble worker when you see it's one. It's like a Whole Foods worker. Oh, you read a lot, don't you? No. <laughs> oh, you don't talk to people at all, do you? <laughs> <laughs> the books are your friends, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I can't say I get, you know what I get a lot at stores, oddly, is people always think I work at the damn store. Oh, yeah. They always think I'm a manager. I would think, I would think you work wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, and that's, exa- like, wherever I'm at, and I don't know what it is, I, I cross. Because you look like a pamphlet of, you look like a worker on every pamphlet. So they're like, oh, yeah, this guy, de- like, I'm at Walmart. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not wearing blue. Mm-hmm. I'm not dressed like-, like I work at Walmart. And right. it's like, hey, do you like where can I and I'm like I don't know where to find the pork chops, okay? Yeah. I don't work here. You look like you you look like you work at Subway, but also an accounting firm 
You look like you work in forensics. I, I would be a great. I, I need to get like an extra. Uh, I, I'm going to be an extra in movies because I feel be. like I could be everywhere. I'd love to take a picture of you and make a cutout, and we could just put it in as many brochures as possible. <laughs> be like, Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah that right. guy. That guy's. That yeah. guy works there. That guy's a thing. That's right. Student, <clears throat> professor. He's a, pr- a professor's everything. assistant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks. I couldn't be the professor. I had to be the assistant. Yeah, because you look a little bit. You look a little bit younger, and a little unkept. You look a little younger, and <laughs> a little unkept. <laughs> you look, that guy's not going to teach me shit. You look a little younger, and like you've got something to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's the glasses. I think it's the glasses that are just like, oh, this guy's safe. I can ask this guy questions, and if he doesn't work here, he's not going to punch me in the face. And you know what I don't do? I don't punch people in the face, so I guess they're right. For as many Black Fridays as I was a part of, I never, I've never been part of a big calamity fist fight or anything like that. I've seen some. Actually, I've only seen one at a Target one year, and it was did, pretty brutal. Did you see fist fights at the movie theater ever? No. What we, it, what, That's amazing with all the teenagers and hopped up hormones no what we would get is just crazy stuff happening inside of the movie theater right a lot sex. of uh, a lot of sex a lot of, did you ever have sex in oh the movie theater? uh you know that's not for me to say here on this podcast uh but nice. yes <laughs> uh, i was by myself <laughs> i went alone but uh much like the people who go, go into stores and steal most people who get frisky in a movie theater it is definitely planned out like they look very well, suspicious. Certainly by one party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, anytime I got a little frisky in a movie theater, she may not have planned for it, but I've been thinking about yeah. it for years. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're gonna be, you're gonna come buy a, a ticket for Why'd the bring, very last on a on a Tuesday night. Why'd you bring two hoodie, hoodies? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, well, they come uh, to. It's always the last show of the night, mm-hmm. right? And it's like just a whatever movie. It's mm. like, oh, you're going to watch Gattaca at Tuesday at 9 p.m., which is the very... And most of the time, uh, the reason why people would get caught, and most people don't even know they got caught, but what, I, what I'll say is... Yeah, what does get caught mean? Do you shine a flashlight on them and go, we, get it out of her? So the first person... <laughs> get out of there, if, you. If you've ever gotten frisky in a theater, most of the time, they're sitting at the top, Right. And because they do this, so it's always a Tuesday, Wednesday late show, mm-hmm. and they sit at the very top because if anybody else comes in, they're you know they're going to be sitting in front of them, mm-hmm. right? So they they can get away with whatever at the top. Mm-hmm. But what they don't know is, like I had stated earlier, there's a projector room that looks down on the whole theater. So oh. we would find them. So it's like, so this is the way it would work. Somebody would come in and be like, "I want to watch Gattaca." 9.30 showing, mm. right? Well, we get to go home early if we don't sell any tickets to the last showings. So you coming in and asking for a ticket already kind of makes me hate you because huh. now I have to stay an extra two hours and I didn't have to stay so you can get it in. Mm-hmm. So, and it's suspicious. It's a younger Are you saying guy, these people you know? are full on getting it on? Oh, full on getting it on, <coughs> Okay. And so what we would do is, hey... Two tickets sold to Gattaca, 9.30. Okay, let's go to the projector room. Go to the projector room, right? It's normally about 15 minutes into the movie. Make sure there's nobody who's coming in that's late to the movie. Yeah. And then it starts. And we all sit up at the top and laugh or just watch for or just, a while. Or just yank your point. And, and so then what we would do is we would send somebody down and we would have them 
like go in there with a flashlight and just shine it all over the place. Oh, so you wouldn't blast them? No, we wouldn't blast them. We'd start at the bottom and make our way up with the flashlight. So, but they can see it coming, and then we're up at the top watching them freak. Then the you see hell two heads pop out. up real quick. Yep, they two heads pop out, and what happens is they get the flashlight re- shined on them. Movie theater wor- worker walks out. They immediately get the hell out of there and exit through the back of the movie theater. We get to go home. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It happened quite a few times wow. in my movie theater days. Was there ever a really attractive couple that came in? You guys were like, let's, let's. There's always, they're always an attractive couple. Most really? Of the, oh, yeah. Most of the time. So only like, there's good not a lot of like 48 year old people that are like, you know, a little out of shape and like, See, yeah, you know what I've always wanted? You know what I wanted to do? You want to watch Canada at 930? Call no, it it's crazy. always like college. It's always like Call they don't crazy. have their own rooms. That's why they're there, ah, right? Like yeah. It's, That's they, they all have, my first few years of banging. Yeah. It's We're like, in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. Because in you have woods. roommates, because whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. So because of that, it was always like college age, maybe, maybe like early 20s. But like for the most part, it was like 20 to 25 was like that, that, that heat range. Yeah. And it was like, uh, you know, I, I don't have my own room and you don't. So let's uh, let's go watch Gattaca. That part makes sense. But I would also imagine and this may just be part of like where I'm from. I also picture slobs. I picture slobs going in there and doing it, too. Yeah, I, I, I can't say we've seen a lot of that. It was mostly most of the time it was it was like we, we got nowhere else to go. And, yeah. And this is kind of a thing. That like was it, a big, it's 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 a little risky. So it's hot. That was a big problem. Like, I would guess. In my youth. It <laughs> was, was it really? Oh, pumping in the woods. <laughs> There's a lot going on in the woods. The guy caught, with the hammer. I got caught by a cop fooling around behind a grocery store when I was like 15 once. It was bad. Yeah. So it was we didn't ba- have I was w- snow. Snow pumping. Oh, so you're you're from a cold town for one. And for two, you guys have woods. We do it in the hills. That there, sounds there's creepy. A, there's a... There's a part of town where it's just like all hilly and you can go out there and you know a part of town yeah there's a, the east side of town is very hilly mm-hmm. and there's a lot of just land out there and a lot of hills and people go out there they have little bonfires and they get it in wow that's what happens out there hmm. i think i don't know i've never i've never been invited <laughs> i was never invited i don't know <laughs> i was too busy working at the theater <laughs> or for, i would still stand above at a projector <laughs> i would still hit them with the light <clears throat> Mm. Man. All right. I've got a couple topics to go over with you yet. Let's do it. What did I write down here? Oh, radio ads. What were you talking about? So I sold radio ads out of college. Uh, One of my first, I I don't want to say real jobs. Let me... If you've ever been in sales, period, sales is tough. Sucks. I it hate it more. Sucks. There's two. The, the, either you, either you love it or you despise it. The people who love it, I usually despise. That's it's true. It's a very specific personality type who's into making a deal, baby. And that's not me. No. Uh, but I used to work in radio. Don't sales. buy the protection plan. I don't give a shit. And one of the hardest things to sell is something that you can't see, you can't touch, and you can't track, which is just commercials in radio Mm. right so i had a guy uh because what we were talking about before we came on this podcast is like the people i had shared a a story with you right where 
a car this car salesman <laughs> always say it's always the people who buy like five thousand dollar cars who always leave like remarking something along the lines of Oh, you're gonna take your family out for steak tonight after this deal, and it's like, look, you bought it. You bought a five thousand dollar car, right? Like, I'm lucky to get a couple noodles here. Yep. Um, radio ads was almost the same thing. Okay. So the lead, like, if you were spending tons and tons of money in advertising, you weren't tracking it. You I didn't see. care. You're using it for a write-off, yes. right? Or if you sold a big ticket item, because you can afford to not have results for a really long time. So. What I mean by that is if you if your business is you redo kitchens and for mm. every kitchen you're going to make $20,000, then you could spend $10,000 a year in radio ads because if you just get one, right? It covers the whole it, lot. It covers the whole so thing. So how much would it cost? So can you, can you break down really overview what when you were selling what cost what cost per amount of time a radio spot would go for? Uh, there's a couple of different factors that go into that, which is what time does it run, right? So everybody wants drive time, like early in the morning uh-huh. or 5 to 6 o'clock when everybody's r- driving home. Okay, so drive time, 60-second spot, once a week. Once a week, $58. What? $58, yeah. So I could bu- I could buy a radio commercial today for $58. Well, yes, technically. However, you don't typically just sell one. Like nobody's like, "Hey, can I get one commercial? Can I get one $58 commercial?" Um But you're telling me for like so how how many would would I have to get? Well, let, so put it this way. Let's say you bought 10 and they were going to all 10 of them were going to run between 7 and 8 o'clock. Uh, those were, uh, depending on the station, and I used to work for three radio stations. Our cheapest station was about fifty bucks, okay. and our most expensive station, which was AM Talk Radio, because people are actively listening. It's not just background noise. Right, uh, was about seventy five dollars per. So okay. you figure for one week, it's going to be seven hundred and fifty dollars to run ten ads. Right, that's a lot of money if you're doing if you have a ten week commitment. Right, you're talking. $7,500 in commercials mm-hmm. that you don't even know if it worked, right? You never can know, can you? Yeah, you, you just can't. Like, yeah. And so I the much like the car salesman story where it's like, hey, you made five, you know, oh, you sold $5,000 car, you're going to go buy steaks tonight. I would have like DJs who would put on events like, oh, this New Year's, you know, come down to DJ Wappy Wop, and you know we're gonna have this going on for New Year's and that. There and that, definitely, right? there definitely is a DJ Wappy Wop. Yeah, for sure. And they would give me like, you know, three hundred bucks, and they would want to know exactly when their radio spot was going to run. Exactly when, like, is it gonna be on at seven fifty five and forty eight seconds? They want to know what the DJs are going to be talking about before their radio ad plays, right? Well, if the DJ's happy and he's talking about partying and then we go into my commercial, oh, I think we're going to get big results from that. And it's like, I don't I don't really control what the DJ says, for one. Yeah. Um, and then they'll be like, oh, like I noticed I, you know, I'm paying for a 30-second spot and I actually got like 29 seconds. I actually timed it. Now, the smart people, what they would do uh, is if you had multiple businesses, you would run, you would buy a one-minute slot 
and then split it into two commercials. Mm-hmm. Even though it's still recorded in the same one minute, mm-hmm. we would transition from a 30-second commercial into your next business, yeah. which takes the other 30 seconds. Mm. But those guys were always like, you know, I uh, the event came. I ran all those ads, right? I ran $350 of ads on your station. We only had <laughs> 20 people show up, and none of them said they listened to your ad. And it's like, well, maybe maybe don't have a new year's event inside of a bar with the capacity of 12 like it was never them right, right? and it's like oh yeah. well you have my 350 bucks oh i bet you uh, is that what you used to buy that tie and it's like how about i got none of that money <laughs> how about that buddy <laughs> but sales who, was yeah. just so who, rough who was your new year's party for it was for college kids on winter break this is an easy listening am radio station (laughs) this is am radio sir the worst uh the worst so the worst day i had in radio sales was uh in our town that we live in there's a fair that comes every year and during that time of the year some businesses kern county fair kern county fair we were two-time judges yeah we were um but some business noodle bar for instance the place we referenced earlier they closed down for the week of the fair. You know why? Because nobody goes out to eat. Everybody's at the fair. Because they're classy. They are classy. That's why. Um, That's why you go on a first date to Chef's Noodle Bar. Getting some thighs yeah, with that thighs. You're going to get your noodle fried. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, worst day in radio sales, though, is I had a, 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 a very nice couple who had opened a hookah lounge. And they decided that their big grand opening day was going to be the exact same day as the first day of the fair. I hate to I hate to interrupt, but I, I'd like to just I'd like to just brag about a personal triumph, and you remember this. Go for it. Damn, I just I just burped on my. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Jesus, you slob. Jesus, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm gonna try to edit that out. <laughs> You're not going to try to edit it out. I'm not going to try to edit it out, but just know that I wanted to. I ran up against the Kern County Fair at my third or fourth Tembler show, and I ran up against Smash Mouth when they came to town, and we kicked their ass. Did you? Yeah. Oh, We kicked their ass, filled the room while Smash Mouth was in town. Suck on that. All stars. (laughs) Hey, now. (laughs) Well, you know... uh, I did yeah, not. I, I did not. And that's not Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's bare naked ladies. That's we went the over this. Same thing. Yeah. Are we? I just are, picture the bare naked ladies are Smash Mouth and Gaucho are, glasses. Are we sure that? Yeah. Are we sure that they're not the same? They band? could be the. They to could me, be, right? It's like Scooby Doo. You pull the mask off Smash Mouth. It's bare naked ladies. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, H- hookah. The hookah lounge. Uh, Decided to have their grand opening same day as the fair. They ran $200 of ads for their grand opening, Mm. right? On a station that isn't very hookah lounge friendly, like AM radio station. What is hookah lounge friendly? It's like a younger crowd, right? Like you want to be on like a pop station. You don't want to be on talking about politics. Like those people who are talking about aren't going to a hookah lounge. What year was this? Oh man, 2010. Uh, so this is AM radio political. So and this is Bakersfield. Barack Obama is ruining the fabric of American <laughs> society. Come to our hookah lounge. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave me a call. 
uh, the day before, and they said, hey, what size of shirt do you wear? And I was like, I don't know, large, extra large? Uh, why? Let's not, let's not get into it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> This is 2000. This is young Joey. Hey, how about we don't get into it, huh? <laughs> yeah, hey. Uh, well, they had told me, they'd shared with me that they had purchased 700 shirts oh, God. to give away at their grand oh, opening. That makes me feel bad now. And so they were like, we're really excited, but we want to make sure that we have one put aside for you. We bought 700 shirts. I think you'll be good. <laughs> yeah. But we just want to make sure that we have one. To put aside for you. Thanks, guys. Just because, you know, we're going to run through these 700. Mm -hmm. And so they call You're going to have enough to tie together and hang yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And still have 690 (laughs) shirts From the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, and still have 695 (laughs) shirts. And uh, they gave me a call. And so that morning, the day before they gave me a call, hey, what size of shirt do you wear? We want to make sure you have one left over for you. Uh Next day, they call me at like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> hey, um, we want to know if we can buy an extra $300 of ads today. So we what we want to do is the grand opening is at six. If we can have all these commercials run from five to six and we'll tell people like, hey, wherever you're at, come down right now. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. But also it's going to be about $500. And I felt so. Yeah shitty taking their money because here's the thing i didn't make anything on that 500 dollars. didn't matter to me i was just taking the order uh i get there at six o'clock a little bit before six we had four people show up oh yeah four people 750 shirts well from a pragmatic standpoint let me let me try to tell you something that i think should make you feel better about those ads what's that what I would offer is that there's no way they ever thought about and regretted spending that $800 on radio ads because my guess is, putting myself in their brain, they had to have been sitting there at the boat, at the booth saying, Jesus Christ, we spent $4,000 on T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they probably never even remembered the $800. Yeah, that's probably true. We spent four grand on T-shirts and 800 on radio spots. <laughs> $800 to get people in the door, $5,000 oh. to give them all a t-shirt. Something is it was destined to fail. Buddy, it was brutal. They stood open maybe 2 months and they went out of business. But I just I can't believe they made it 2 so months. So bad. Yeah, you can't feel bad for that. They were destined. Oh my gosh. They That's were, definitely my worst app. That reminds me of sales my, experience. That reminds me of my Fox Theater show, the one where the guy sunk tens of thousands of dollars and 112 people showed up. Jeez. It's the same thing as like I feel awful too, but it's like this thing was it was meant to happen. That's that's the thing is like people who do this kind of stuff I don't think it like there's something missing, right? Because, like, you know what's going to work? Maybe hookah lounge might work, right? Maybe. Sure. Maybe. You know what? Maybe. If you spend $7,000 on anything besides hookah to open your hookah lounge, it ain't going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work. It's going to take you a long time to make seven grand at a hookah lounge. I don't, I don't even know the pricing structure at a hookah lounge. I just know you buy an accordion that you smoke out of, and I can't imagine that's too expensive. Well, even for the show that you were on, right? Like, if you can't tell me, 
in two sentences. <laughs> what that what this show is about. Wait a minute. We I'm, got a problem. That's right. When you say I'm booking a Playboy Playmate from 2004 and she costs how much? If you can't do that, if you if you can't go, wait, she was she was a Playboy Playmate in 2002. Um, and I got a flyer from Miami. I don't know what they I don't know what they paid her, but it's it's like a grand. <laughs> I got to pay her a grand and buy a hotel for her and her man, manager. I feel like I feel like I'm leaving some money on the table here. <laughs> <laughs> but here why does a comedy show have somebody and it's it like was it a like you know what I mean it's one of those things where it's like what is this? We have Playboy Playmates, we have comedians, we have love experts, and then we have you, who I don't even know what you do, and uh-uh. you're kind of shady. I talk about, oh, you're talking about the booker, or, or I thought you were talking about, like, we no, have the comedians. Booker, the booker. I was going to say, we've got a love expert, we got therapists, we got wardrobe experts, we've got a Playboy Playmate, uh, we've, got a, we've got a VH1 personality. And then we've got two comedians, and it's like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, we're the last people. That, we're the we're we're talking about our penis in the complete opposite way that you want us to. <laughs> well, it's also like when you're everything, you're actually nothing, right? Like, that's what did really you just what, say? when you're everything, you're nothing. <laughs> like when you try to be everything, right? Like, Lauren. okay, we got this for we got the love experts for the women. We got the comedians for people who like comedy. We got the Playboy. Playmate for the perverts, we got this. Wait, wait, and it's wait. like, wait, you're not actually anything, though. Like, nobody who you're trying to target with each one of those is going to come to this because it's not there. Like, if, and, and if it's all Playboy Playmates, then we got a show. If it's <laughs> all comedians, then we got a show. Do they even have Playboy Playmates anymore? I imagine so. Huh. I wonder if that's still even a thing. I bet like, it's Like, is the I magazine still a thing? Is it just. I bet it's not. What if it becomes a good because media is falling apart? <laughs> I think Playboy got away from the centerfolds in the pictures. I could be wrong about that, but I think what if twenty years from now Playboy is our like investigative journalism branch, and the New York Times it is <laughs> it just repurposes <laughs> the itself? New York Times is a smut magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it, the way things are going, I don't know. Speaking of the way things are going, I I feel like we should di- diverge into comedy inside baseball at some point let's do it and let's, i got one for you right, let's do some chapelle comedy. oh Dave yeah chapelle, i watched that and and i've got a i don't know about a bone to pick with it but i i've got some trouble going on why i knew you would why don't you give me your thoughts and i'll tell you where i'm coming so there's from. there's two things chapelle related that happened i want to say in the last few weeks so we're not talking about the saturday night live oh well, you can talk thing. about that too okay so um, I'm a huge, I'm a, I'm a big Chappelle fan. There's something about the way he presents himself. There's something about his storytelling that I, I don't want to say I strive for, but there's something about not laughing for two minutes and not realizing <laughs> that I really enjoy, yeah. uh, it, like <laughs> he's a captivating man. I know um, a lot of guys you could watch and not laugh for two minutes. <laughs> it's called. Every open mic. <laughs> every single open <laughs> it's mic. Called, in town. It's called Comedians 1 through 6 yeah. on every open mic. So, two things. The Saturday Night Live. Hey, we differ on this. I, I like the fact that when there's a big political event, right, like the election, 
So Dave Chappelle was the host of Saturday Night Live on the first election after Trump. And the first and by election. By the way, he nailed that one in hindsight. Yeah, he Let, did. Let's give him I'm I'm actually I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I know. Let's give him a let's give him a shot. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> uh, shots over. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, that lasted about thirty six hours. I like that. I like the fact that like if there's something politically going on that it's gonna be Dave Chappelle because I think he's thoughtful and I think if there's going to be somebody who in a comedy realm in it's Saturday Night Live who can speak to this, it should be Dave Chappelle. Okay. However, what I will say is uh, I enjoyed it, but he's gotten really heavy for me recently. I do enjoy that he can go there. I enjoy the deepness. I enjoy uh, the like the complexities of what he's talking about. I like that he's thoughtful. I like that he's trying to make it funny. Um, but I'm also kind of like, oh, okay, like this – we're we're probably too too far on one end of the spectrum. So I did like it because he's the only person comedy wise I probably want to hear that from. But I think maybe it's too much. Mm. So that's the Saturday Night Live thing. Okay. Uh, look, what are your thoughts on on the Saturday Night Live <clears throat> thing? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think about because I've got a I've got numerous thoughts patterns going on right now and i'm trying to in my mind build some through lines on it um i love de Chappelle too he's probably over history my favorite all-around comedian ever but i feel like we've lost him he's not ours anymore <clears throat> it's it's in vogue and cool and kitschy to idolize dave Chappelle now i feel now and I feel like it's starting to turn, I think I said this last time, where he's doing a bit of an impression of himself. Okay, that's fair. I feel, I feel right now how somebody who was really in the punk rock movement must have felt the first time they saw a soccer dad wearing a Ramones t-shirt. I feel like he's now playing for them instead of playing for me. Number one. That makes a lot of sense. Number two, I agree with you that Dave Chappelle is thoughtful. But I kind of feel like he's thoughtful in the way that Jay-Z is thoughtful. Um, I'm a huge rap music fan. Both of them are talented in ways that no one else in their industry can be. And both of them are thoughtful in ways and insightful in ways that nearly no one in their industry is. But where I make a connection between the two is that to me, at least from what I see, that thoughtfulness always has to be centered on them and outward. So I don't trust Dave. I trust Dave Chappelle to do an hour-long special where he monologues his life and its occurrences and the experiences and makes analogies to the outside world. But when you ask him to be the last bastion of free thought after the 2016 election, I don't trust him to speak about the world. I, I expect him to speak about himself and try to relate it to the world, which he does. After the inauguration, <clears throat> same thing. This last release, did you mention what that was about? No, so I was going to let you get the last one. Um, so this last release, he talked about Chappelle's show, which is, again, I'm a diehard, hardcore. I was Chappelle's show, episode one, season one. Most people that say they love Chappelle's show started watching Chappelle's show in season two. I was season one. 
<laughs> I because I remember talking about people talking about how much they loved Chappelle's show when six months earlier they were sloughing me off as a sophomore junior in high school yeah. when I told them how good I thought this show was. So I I've been along the ride the whole time. So he You've been a fan. He did a fifteen minute release that's being called a special about how he had been bullied young in his career and how the business could bully you and how he feels like Comedy Central bullied him and didn't pay him what he should have been paid for Chappelle's show. So made a plea to people to not watch it on on plat- streaming platforms. Said that Netflix did a good thing by pulling it off Netflix, which is cool, but Netflix is never cool to us. In fact, this week they just announced we'll be paying a dollar more for it, which makes it hilarious irony. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there, there's all that going on, but I also like the insightfulness of not having to be a clown and be funny all the time and to be a bit of a philosopher and whatever. But I looked it up and Dave Chappelle's last comedy special sticks and stones came out in August of 2019. It's November of 2020. He's released four or five different things that you might call specials or announcements or whatever. None of them have displayed his best talent, which is being a comedian. And by mass, I can't stand the masses' tendencies. The masses have anointed him the comedian of 2020, despite the fact that he has not done comedy in 2020. He's yet to do comedy in 2020. It's November. He is the all-time comedian of 2020, which says about as much about this year as any other analogy that I can make. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I, the last part, it, well, for one, I watched I watched the whole 15 or 18 minutes or whatever that thing was. Here's, you just gave me a little bit of uh, some knowledge nuggets. Mm. I didn't know that was the whole thing. I thought, oh, this is a piece of something bigger Right, that mm. like I don't, and it might have been, might have been, it might have been not, because I was like, wait, all these people showed, but all those people would show up to see Dave Chappelle talk for fifteen minutes. That's just kind of the sway that he has right now. Yes, um, but I was like, wait, what? What is this? Like, is it like is Unforgiven a special? And when is it coming out? Why am I just watching this fifteen minutes? I didn't know that it was only that fifteen minutes. So we may be wrong about that. We may right. get a special where that's actually dropped in. It. It looked like that was filmed potentially after a special. Like, mm-hmm. you know, took his bow, came back out, gave him another 15 minutes of maybe whatever happened. That would right? be cool. I feel um, having created nothing successful. <laughs> um, Whoa. <laughs> okay. That's true. Okay. All right. Thank you. I, I, I feel like. Uh, you're just gonna I feel, <laughs> I feel conflicted with everything because he said it himself. He signed a contract. Right? You're a you're a lawyer. You I'm, know what that means. But I'm a big talent guy and, and I'm a big I'm a big bastardization of Hollywood and business and contracts. I'm totally on a side with what he's saying. To me, it's the Michael Jordan Hall of Fame speech. Why do this? So that's that's kind of where I was coming at it is it's it's really weird timing. Uh Chappelle show has been off air for a really long time. And mm. even though it just got picked up by a few streaming platforms or a couple of streaming platforms, I don't 
the only thing I can think is that he loved doing that show so much um, that he, it, it's like his passion. It was, it, it's how he broke into America. Like I knew who Dave Chappelle was before Chappelle's show, mm-hmm. but 90% of people who know Dave Chappelle now don't, don't know Dave Chappelle before the Chappelle show. Right. Um, but I, th- the only thing I can think is that that, piece of work the Chappelle show is so close to him and I think he wanted to keep doing it Mm -hmm. but I also think he got wise to the game and was like look this isn't this isn't going to be for me I'm leaving the show because he did state it's because it was because of money but he had like a 50 million dollar offer on the table from Comedy Central to continue Chappelle's show. So I don't know what it is and he's also made like a 100 million dollars since with just Netflix for yeah. those specials which you had stated aren't really comedy specials, and right? By, yeah, and by the way, I don't, I don't even judge him for the inconsistency there cuz I am a complicated person too. If if you ask me after I leave a job why I left, I've, I'm like the Joker. I've got four different reasons, and all of them sound like the main reason. <laughs> do you, so I get that. Do you think that the reason why he's be making a big deal about this is he he sees himself exiting out of comedy? He wants to do Dave Ch- the Chappelle Show one more time, like like I, he wants that to be his swan song. Um, I think it's here's. I think it must be. I think he feels this, and I think he was really hurt by all the things that happened to him by, in a way that only a real, driven, pure artist like he is can be. No one, most people can't understand the pain that something like those encounters has on an artist like Dave Chappelle. When, when this thing that he created that we all kind of acknowledge as the best sketch show of all time is taken and bastardized to a thing that he... He can't watch it, and it's and he made it. It's I, it's got to be really hard. So I I get wanting to trudge through that. Um, there's also a small chance, although highly unlikely, that he's trying to change the business for those who come afterward. I doubt it. I don't. <clears throat> maybe I, I but doubt I it. Doubt it. I think he would proclaim to, but I I doubt it. It doesn't seem to be his. He's got those shows going on in Ohio right now, and he doesn't seem to be lending many opportunities to people as much as just borrowing opportunity from, you know, it's Bill Burr and it's all of them going out there. He doesn't seem to, uh, not that I know of, putting many people on. Um, But who knows? But did he not, wasn't Chappelle putting people on? Like, that was the first time I'd really watched Burr. Right, I mean Charlie, yeah, I, Charlie Murphy, like all those guys that were point. part of Chappelle's show. That was that's a good point. That was his, like his whole, like all of their springboard. Well, I, Neil Brennan, like yeah, all those guys. That's a good point. I don't know if, and I don't know how much of that was circumstantial because I always thought it was cool that he put all those up and coming rappers like Kanye West and Talib Kweli and all that. But then I just saw a story that where they shot Chappelle's show was in the same building as where those studios were and no other music acts would do the show. So they just happened to be in the same building and got everyone to come up and perform. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how that all works. Out. But anyway, that, that's too far gone for me. But I, I also think that when somebody is, is revered the way he is now and everything he touches turns to, 
is turned to gold, whether Des- it is... Despite it not being gold. Let's be honest. Chappelle's... And by the way, I'm being overly critical right now. Still 85% is amazing. And anything he does, I'm going to watch every drip drop second. Of 100%. It. But I feel like it, it always seems to happen when someone is revered as much as he is. It just seems to me like it becomes very hard to regulate when this thing is ready and when this is something that I should bring out and give to the world. And now we're here. And it, but it's interesting content. I mean, I, I enjoy watching it and learning the story. It's just if th- to the art of it, I'm like, I don't. It's you know. I think it's just a weird angle to ask fans not to watch the thing you made when, for so long, he refused to make that thing again. Mm. And he refused to almost acknowledge it. It might be because of he felt scorned by Comedy Central and HBO and all that. But he also turned his back on the show for a long time and turned his back on people who wanted to see him do Chappelle's show. Um, because everybody was asking for him to do to continue Chappelle's show. We didn't care what network it was going to be on. We didn't care about the politics. He just didn't want to do it or for whatever reason just didn't do Chappelle's show again right. or a version of Chappelle's show again um i think it is weird to ask your fans not to watch something so that you have leverage to get more money like i guess the money part of it is yeah. is the weird part for me because it's yeah. like dave Chappelle also had a hundred million dollar netflix deal yeah um but maybe it's not really about maybe the money is just how he has his fans connect to it, but it's more about the intellectual property of it all. Yeah. I and it's s- like, look, I can't come out and say, I'm really pissed that they own this and I do not. How can I put this in? I f- like, I feel like I'm being a bit of a hypocrite in some of my criticism <laughs> because, <laughs> because I am in the process of, I have said to the same employer on two separate occasions <laughs> upon exit, it's not about the money. It's about the respect the money conveys. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't ask America to jump behind me. <laughs> but I have said that on two separate occasions. And so I kind of get that. But you're right. To come to make such a public plea to not watch, it. it's difficult and it's it it's difficult to get behind the the money to be like you're asking me uh somebody who looks up to you somebody who would love to be and maybe uh, maybe i'm looking at this through the lens of a comic to not watch something that i enjoy because it's a money thing right right and you have a lot more money than me what are we doing here we're the only ones suffering the yeah. people who want to watch this we're in the middle right yeah we, i HBO owns it because you signed a contract. You got paid. HBO paid for it. Yeah. I want to watch it. And I feel like it could have been framed better because it's like, is it only about the money? And that's exactly it. Like, there's got to be something else here. And I'm sure that there is, but it's like, hey, you put this out. (laughs) Yeah. You had every chance in the world to say this better, which is where I'm saying 
when you get this appreciated and revered, sometimes you lose that voice in your own head and may not have the outside voice saying to you, hey, let's pepper this in a little bit and let's, I don't think this says what you mean completely. Let's have a do-over and then we'll put that out. Or hey, let's shut up till May and then put it in a special when you do what you do best. And people attribute more intelligence to what you say anyway because of who you are. So put it in metaphors and let it be carried. The, so the only thing I can also theorize uh, about the timing of this is that maybe he didn't know Netflix bought Chappelle show and he is actually not asking his fans for anything, but he's actually trying to explain to them why they why they're going to hear that Dave Chappelle had Dave Chappelle show ripped off of their Netflix. Yeah. Right. Because I wanted to watch the Chappelle show. What do you mean? Dave Chappelle had it ripped from Netflix. Like that's ridiculous. Right. right? Like the same guy who has Netflix deals, isn't watching me, letting me watch his show. Right. And I think he might've just came out and explained, okay, it's just more of like, yep, you're going to hear this. I pulled it and here's why. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just don't think the why, I think the why was just a little convoluted. By the way, here's how much culture has changed. When it first came out to Netflix, I started trying to watch it again. It's a tough time. Not because it wasn't good, but just because I think the way YouTube has changed us, I just don't watch 30 minutes of sketches anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm not going to watch 22 minutes of sketches anymore, even if they're the greatest sketch show. I I did. I, I would get through... Six, seven minutes, and I'd be like, hey, I'm done a while. This ain't how I do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, our uh, attention span isn't what it used to be. And I think also the fact that you've already watched it once, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, you, you know how to uh, I like pace to, it out. Yeah. You know how to pace it out where you're going to enjoy this for... It was an long. old love I had back in high school. I don't want to see it at the bar. I want to remember it how I remember it. And that's exactly it. So... All of the Chappelle sketches, they were great. That whole show is amazing. But there are some points where it's like, yeah, that didn't work, right? Like, maybe it worked at the time. (laughs) And now we're jaded comedians. Yeah, now we're jaded. (laughs) Now we're jaded. That's probably it. But it's also like, oh, yeah, the the blouse thing holds up well. Like, there's... Right. But the skits that you remember, there's also 80% more skits that maybe either haven't aged well um, and maybe play better at the time, but overall, it's like, oh yeah, like I don't have to, I don't have to sit through eight skits to find the one I want. That's right, right? Like I'm just gonna go to the one I want. Let's go for it. So maybe that's it. Um, I I also I just kind of like that. Pretty soon, Comedy Central is only gonna show The Office and South Park all day long. That's pretty much where they are. Yeah, they're not doing stand-up specials anymore, right? Did, did you have anything else to chat on before we get out of here? That's it, sir. Thankful for thanksgiving and big wednesday go out to the movies guys have sex and let the projectors (laughs) have a show